This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say, what's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half-time, but I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. <laughs> you did me. You did me. My apologies for, I'm not going to edit this video, so I'm just going to leave this bit in. Uh, good evening and welcome to uh, another episode of the Wednesday week. And, um, and just, you know, just a normal one this week because we wanted to uh, actually talk about the football, talk about what's been going on in the world, talk about what's been happening in the world of football, talk about Sheffield Wednesday's staying up chances of relegation prospectus, what that means for the club and the like. Uh, one of us is battered. Let's see which one you can pick out it is. Uh, my name's Dan Fudge. With me, I've got uh, Dave, I've got Steve, I've got Simon and I've got Ash. Uh, how's it going, chaps? Are you all right? How's everybody? Magic. Yeah, good, yeah. thank you. Not bad, uh, thank you. Oh, well, no, I'm, I'm fine, thanks all for asking. Uh, <laughs> How are you, Dan? I'm good. Like, I've had a busy week, like, you know what I mean? There's been a lot going off. I've been, now, uh, that's a really good segue, that chap. So I've been moonlighting on a few podcasts these last couple of nights, uh, and we've been talking about the, um, the European Super League. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on it because, obviously, it doesn't affect us. Or does it? That's the uh, that's the interesting question. So, um, Dave, I'll come to you first. Like, you know, so these the dirty dozen, as they've been known, as it stands right now, all the English teams have pulled out, but I believe Barcelona and Real Madrid are still in it. You know what I mean? They, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that El Clasico is now going to known as the ESL Championship at some point until something changes. Um, can you shed a bit of light, Dave, on what that would have meant for the English league and for Sheffield Wednesday? No. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, what a question, right? So we're talking about the ESL in England, and you ask a guy based in Scotland. Well, yeah, my next question, my follow-up to that was, I think Rangers and Celtic, they were talking about a British league about nine o'clock wow. this morning, but that seems to have lost a bit of airtime. Um, yeah. Let me start then. So let, let, let me kick this off. So you've got these six teams who are the perception, uh, and let's let the perceived exactly, six, yeah. let's call it that, that they could potentially win the league. Now, so what uh, this ESL have done is taken them out and they've gone on to form this Super League. That was happening as of Sunday night about midnight. Uh, you know, it was like a Chancery announcement, wasn't it? And I believe what that would have happened for Sheffield Wednesday is that that would have taken away the potential of going on to play the big games, getting into the Champions League. And I know that sounds ridiculous, don't get me wrong, but that carrot is always dangled, isn't it? And it would have devalued our league. And, and, and I feel that our, um, our football pyramid would have been perceived as like a secondary league. You know, the way we perceive the French top league, the Uber Eats league. Uh, you know what I mean? So, you know, did it, was anybody concerned or did you all find it really hilarious that Liverpool and Manchester United fans have just um, have realised that they're customers? For the first time, I don't think it would have devalued our league at all. To be honest with you, not not in, in isolation. I think it would have done the same for Spain. I think it would have done the same for, for for Italy. I think it would have just changed the way that football is perceived by the fan rather than the customer across Europe. I think I, I don't know the ins and outs in terms of uh, in depth in terms of the reasons why your Bayerns and your PSGs weren't included. But um, from, from my point of view, taking them out of it wouldn't have impacted the Premiership uh, as opposed to as opposed to Spain or Italy 
um, in any more of a negative way, to be honest would, with you. Would you think that, um, obviously, the, the perceived holy ground is the Premiership? So you've got you've got teams that spent like Wolves a couple of years ago. They spent big in the championship to get to the Premier League. Now, if they would the team still do that if the money wasn't there? Because no doubt the money's going to be impacted from the Premier League. So if you take, like Dan said, the perceived top six, they're out of it. Um, the TV revenue is gotta be here, ain't it? It's gotta be. Because Sky or BT, Amazon, whoever. Are not going to want to pay big bucks to see mid-table or things. So, would the the money that the championship pay players and spend on transfers? Do you think that'll go on, Steve? I can see you're going to say sorry. Would that have been a bad, would that have been a bad thing? No, no, I'm not saying no, no. I'm I'm just saying what you you were on about, like the impact. Then I think yeah. it would so, be, and I think it would be positive. I think, because of that. Basically, I, I, you're not going to spend 15 million, 20 million in championship on a striker. The, the, the vast majority of fans, you know, obviously the the the, the Liverpool, the, the big six fans, they were up in arms and so forth. And mm. I, I know a lot of other people were saying football's dying. Um, it was going to be the end. It's that, That's it. But you take those money-grabbing so-and-sos out of it, and that's what it is. And yeah. the, we, yeah. we can talk about the, you know, the... Um, the birth and the, the 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 generation of the Premiership because let's be right this is only a genesis of what happened in '92 because that's what Sky did they came in chucked a shitload of money at the game and then generated it and it, the irony is Gary Neville stands there and I thought Gary Neville spoke spoke really well I thought everything that Gary Neville <laughs> Carragher came out with was absolutely spot on but Gary Neville standing there having a meltdown on Sunday night while he's taking his millions from Sky Sports doing this that and the other um, was hypocrisy. It was the absolute highlight. It, it honestly, was, it was, uh, I've yeah. been trolling and fishing on Twitter about that for like the last two days because I, I found it funny. There is, you know, us under Chancery the last five years as, as, as we have been, five, six years now, isn't it? Um, we have been customers. We are just people that exist in Chancery's world. Or, or, or some would argue we don't exist. And... And Gary Neville sat there with his with his paycheck in his back pocket, going, "I think it's I think it's out of order." It is, Gary. Yes, you're right. But you're not exactly stood in on speaker's corner saying it, are you? You know what I mean? Using the platform of Sky, who who some would argue thirty years ago ruined our game. However, it did make the EPL one of the best leagues in the world, or if not the most watched league yeah. in, in in the world, because our league isn't a two horse race like they are across Europe. You know what I mean? I mean, PSG are, are a hilarious one because they need the Premier League. And, and I'll, tell, I'll tell you, they need the Euro, the European Super League because of two things. Their players are not getting the respect they deserve as world-class players. Neymar uh, has crossed the lips of many a football fan as not being the finished article because he plays teams like FC Nantes and, uh, you know... Ah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and so yeah, they go, yeah, they write him off. I mean, regardless of how well he does in the Champions League, he gets written off. But this this man is a world class player, right? Yeah, but it was his choice to go there for the money. money. Oh yeah, don't, don't don't get me wrong. It's all it's yeah. all finance based. But of then course, you know, yeah. I'm sat here now in a in a Miami Dolphins jersey, and there is a that competition there is non relegation. It's a playoff formation. Nobody mm -hmm. else can get in or get out. You know, the secondary league there is is college level. College, the, yeah. So, because they're what you'd, what you'd call grassroots out there is very well funded. You know, the, the, the championship is essentially the college game. It's, it's insane, but it's a completely different university. It's a completely different world that, that they're in. And that is a continent-wide tournament. Now, all of you guys that I'm talking to right now have got kids. And one of the main issues that's come out of this is people say it's taking it away from the fans. Right. And that for me, I find really interesting because I, I I don't have kids and it would cost me the same well, amount you know of money what? to fly to Paris as it would to get a train to London. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. So what I'm going to ask you guys is, uh, uh, has the world and I know you're football fans, so you're probably going to scoff at me. But there, I know that there are people out there that view TV, view football as a <laughs> television show. And I believe that the. Going to match with my dad, to, and we're going to have a pint, and he sits there in silence, and then we're there all brought up as Wednesday fans and all. That 
I think that world is dying. And I believe that the reason yeah. that this got mooted when it did was obviously because of COVID, because the clubs are skint. And there's also a level of that because they've got this big international appeal, these clubs, that they can still fill their stadiums, regardless of the local community. Because yeah. I think that local community is dying. Yeah, the problem is actually seeing that this league not actually played at Old Trafford or Anfield, or you probably would have found this league was played in stadiums in the States, in Asia. Yeah, the, yeah, just like they come over here. Yeah, yeah and, and, and you would have found that, the, 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 that, that the, these games would have been played where rich Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United fans would have gone to, mm-hmm. flown to wherever, Singapore, wherever, to watch a game, and the rest would have been customers. We were mm-hmm. talking about this at lunchtime. So one of the guys who, who uh, works with us is a Liverpool fan, and he was actually quite, yeah, you know, it's good, but he was actually pro it, but he's a Liverpool okay. fan who doesn't actually go and watch Liverpool. He watches yeah. Liverpool on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have this breed, don't we, of, of fans who um, who are a Man United fan or a Chelsea fan, a Tottenham fan, whoever it might be, who have never actually been to that ground. They've yep. never actually... Look on Twitter and it's full it's of Nigerians and Chinese, isn't it? All yeah, bantering yeah, yeah. off about who's yeah. better, Ronaldo or Fernandez. Wasn't there a thing a few years ago where the most shirts that Man United sold were in Asia, Asia. rather than actually in the UK? Yeah, they have, a, they have a huge fan culture. And the difference is, and this is where the money comes from as well, and I, and I use NFL as a great example because you're right, Simon, there have been a couple... There'll be a couple uh, played in China. There would have been a couple of played in in South South Africa somewhere India. and in North America and in India. Because Italy. bear in mind, I, I I watch the NFL when it comes over here, and that costs me ninety quid a ticket. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it's ninety yeah. pounds. So with all of a sudden doubling the amount of money that we we can make from one stadium, and I can see why it's done and why that where the money was going to come from. But what they didn't gamble on was the vitriol from the communities uh, and the question i ask is is that community spirit of the club being part of the community that's still there and it's all uh, and do you believe that that's waning or do you feel that that's still going to be strong at the minute it's a lot stronger than they gave credit for you, do you know what i mean do you, do you not think it's in, in some ways it's kind of hard for us to judge because we're football fans. What, no, well, no, but from our point of view as Wednesday fans at the moment, because there's such a feeling of supporter apathy and people who have found different things to do with the Saturdays and the, the relegation feeling inevitable, because of where we are, it's kind of in some ways it's quite nice to see that if you, the supporters of Manchester United and Chelsea and Liverpool, and so they've, they've actually had this. The fans have stood up collectively together and gone, "That's not on," and they've done enough, perhaps. To, to, to change to change the mindset of their own owners. I don't mm-hmm. think... Obviously, we're way out at the moment. We're not going to be considered for a European Super League. But the point is, when something is so against the what's ingrained as you as a fan, supporting your local football team you've grown up with, that you're going to go, no, you're not doing this to my club. Mm-hmm. Do you think as well, though, Dave, we're in a situation at the moment where fans aren't going to watch football and we've spent the last, uh, since Christmas, locked up at home? Um, that that actually there was a huge groundswell against this, and down to the facts of that everybody turned against it, including Sky. I, I am a bit cynical in regards to if Sky had signed some sort of broadcasting rights on this, then that that we would have never had the outrage from Gary Neville and, and yeah, he didn't quit, there. did he? He didn't do what Colin Murray did and go, yeah. I'm not working for them, did he? No, no, and and, 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 I, and I still I still stand by the fact if Sky if it was European Super League sponsored by Sky, right, or the BBC or ITV or Amazon or whatever, um, we wouldn't have had this huge media groundswell against it, which then stirred the fans who haven't been to a football match since whenever and actually went out shouting like you saw them outside Chelsea going, no, no, against the Super League. When I think if it might, I think it was badly timed. I think if they've always talked. This is this talk about a breakaway league has been going on for years, hasn't it? It's been there were, at one point there was a, a league where Celtic Rangers, Man United, this was muted a few years ago, a separate league, and and people scoffed at it and poo-pooed it because I think there were there were it was the case of oh we'd have to go over to Barcelona and have to do this and that and the other. Christ, imagine being a Wednesday fan and saying, Oh dear, we've got to play Barcelona, and you know, there's a trip over to Barcelona. You know, all right. 
there'd be a lot of people who couldn't afford it, but also there'd be also them who'd sell the left leg to go and see it. You remember? Yeah. You know, when yeah, we yeah. Wembley weren't cheap, and we we sold half of that out. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it, I think it was massively bad, badly timed. I think the media turned against it because the main media turned against it because they weren't on board with it. They hadn't been invited on board with it. And they and set it, the narrative, didn't they? And well, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Well. Just saying, yeah, it, it shows it how much Sky has got an influence, doesn't it? Yeah, it shows, the, the fans didn't get this thrown out. Yeah, yeah the, it, the fans didn't get this thrown out. It was Jim White on two yeah. massive media oh, outlets sure, going... Don't give him air time, man. The fans joined on on it because they haven't been to a football match for ages and it's something to get arranged, er, 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 enraged about. Do you know what? That's that's a great point, Simon. So, so for example, you know, imagine not being able to go to a football stadium for a year. The last time I went to a football ground, we got spanked 5-0 by Brentford. That was the last time we went. And then all of a sudden... A year down the line, because we haven't been able to go, someone's gone, um, you also might not still be able to go because we're going to bugger off. You know what I mean? Because our first game of the season against Paris Saint-Germain is in China. I'm, I'm massively cynical about this. I think, I mean, we've been out of the Premiership now for, God, what, 20 years, is it? You know, and you speak to Man United fans, Man City fans, they're so disconnected with football nowadays. Mm -hmm. They have an opinion of football which is completely different to any team lower premiership and every other team in every other league. Now, and and it is a completely when Ethan was uh, uh, a mascot when we played Man City in the FA Cup a few years ago and Atty scored and then we lost 2 1. And when they, you know, they have the DJ and they welcome every player off the coach on a red carpet and, and there's loads of people there taking photographs, students, Chinese students, foreign students. It's not the football that we're used to. And, and do we go, oh, that's not football. That's crap, that is, because people are taking first. We don't like change, do we? No, we don't like change. We don't like change. But has football moved on to a point? But also, if you speak to Man United fans, I remember them moaning a few years ago about, oh, we've not, you know, oh, we're knocked out at Champions League. Yeah, but you know, we're in Premiership. Ah, oh, but we're not in Champions League. You know, can you imagine Leicester fans going, oh, I'd rather win Champions League than Premiership. You know, it's just bollocks, isn't it? It's yeah. fans jumping I, up and down on on in London, jumping up and down, buying season tickets to Chelsea for God knows how much, going, oh, God, I don't want to play PSG or wherever in China. Bing, they're in ESL. They'll be buying flights from Stansted, left, right and centre to go and watch them. Could you not I make the same it, argument? That we, were we not going to the wall? HMRC were winding us up. And as bad as things are now, there's no talk about us getting wound up. So could you not make the same argument with us that... We're not oh, we're a minute, shit show, Dave. We, let's not get there yet. <laughs> I think, <laughs> Go on, Ash. I think, I think it's, it was all bollocks, to be honest. I, it was. You, it was a gesture. UEFA, UEFA Champions League were rejigging their, their, um, the, the league with all different fixtures and how they were going to present. And I think it was a, a play from the top teams in Europe to see to see because they've changed it now. Yeah. On, on yeah, the yeah. thing, so I think it was never going to happen. I think it was all bollocks. I think it was just a. Um, a, a, a power play to say to the Champions League, um, we, we don't sound. agree with how they would that you were gonna readjust the Champions League to this massive format, and we're not having it. And and it's it's worked, I, I think. I think it was never gonna happen. I think it was just a load of crap. And, and me, me personally, I thought if they ended up leaving the Premiership. It would make the Premiership a better place. They were never, ever, ever, ever going to leave the Premiership. Go on, Steve. Not in a million years. No, I'm, I'm just agreeing with Simon's last point. To be honest with you, I think you know the the last sort of discussion there was, was started by a conversation around whether around community. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a local community. I think football has proven that as football fans, it doesn't matter whether you're up in Scotland, down in Brighton, in Dinnington, Sheffield, wherever you are. Football fandom is now a community, but it's a it's it's a disconnected community from that big six. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought you know I love Leicester winning winning the league. I love um, the fact that they're still hovering about the champion. I'm more interested in watching Leicester and West Ham this year. Yeah, making that top four because it's it's a change from the norm. You know, yeah. if Wolves getting up, fantastic. Good luck to them. I hope they you know they they manage to sustain it over a period of time. Um, the teams that are going up this year, uh, Norwich, Norwich. Oh, like they've been up there. Wouldn't it be nice to see Brentford get up because it's yeah. something different in Premiership, you know? So from that point of view, I think it's it's the the the, the landscape football is changing to a point where it's now evolved. Um, 
I don't want Champions League football because it's not Champions League football. It's 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 rich clubs going in there, and you know there are that many countries now. The the world has evolved to the point where you can get countries that didn't even exist when the Champions League started qualifying for Champions League, playing in stadia that will house six seven thousand people, uh, getting battered, you know, seven eight nil away. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's great. We've managed to get to New Camp and do that. I tell you, I tell you what though, you know those clubs need that though as well. Like for example, I went to go and watch a game in Luxembourg, and you know their stadium's as big as Hallam. You know they what I mean? But why do they need it? Do you know they, what I mean? They stick because it's, it's woefully underfunded. I, I I completely agree with you. But um, I'm just thinking. Let's let's get on to Sheffield Wednesday. Let's put that to bed. It's not happening. Do I believe that that's the end of it? No. We're, this is not the last we're going to hear of a European Super League, but I think what we're going to find is that your regular faces like UEFA and Sky TV and Being Sports and Dars and Sports and all the rest of it, when they're on board, you watch the narrative change. That's a that's a wonderful point, that one. A couple of months, everyone will forget about it and all the uproar, it'll be like, yeah, well, I'll go to Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, whoever. Yeah. It'll anyway, just be normal. Sorry. speaking of uh, terrible chairman and uh, disconnection from fans. Uh, we won, lads. Uh, we got it. We've we done a win. We did a win. Jesus. Simon, did, did you watch the game? What a, what no. a terrible game of football that no, was, but we've done a win. You, mate, I'll be honest with you. The last time we all sat and talked about this was a game against Cardiff. Do you remember that Saturday afternoon? <laughs> where yeah, we're right. Not really. We no, I'm going to be honest, here. not really. All little starstrokes. And I still don't know whether that day exists or I dreamt about it. But uh, we went into the QPR game thinking, hey, hey. And it's been a shit show since we drubbed Cardiff, hasn't it? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched a game since. Because I'm just absolutely fed up with them. Do you know what, Simon? I, I, I don't think you're alone in that. And, and at no point am I going to sit here going, well, you should be watching them anywhere, bloody hell. And I agree with you. Uh, you know, the game was unpleasant to watch. Um, you know, they, are, they, are, they should have had two or three goals, shouldn't they, Steve? Um, yeah, maybe. But, you know, you take your three points uh, where, where you can get them, don't you, at the minute, to be honest with you. <laughs> Um, the, the football's just been that abject. I, I know we're talking about Cardiff being a, a bit of a turning point, um, you know, and it's not been right since. I think Cardiff was just a, it, it's almost like it was a fluke. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We as, put the fear as, of God into them after 10 minutes and then all of a sudden they went, shit. Uh, our, our season uh, devolved and, and descended into absolute abject shyness um, at half time at Luton. Yeah, uh, and for me, when when we go down, and I hate to say it, we are we're we're going down. Um, it well, will, pull I'll, away. I'll look. Mm-hmm. I'll look back to that point at Luton. We were two and up at half time. We we're optimistic we can get out of it. Um, I know we're talking the, the the game the other night and maybe the last couple of games, but you know if I start pulling at this thread, I could be here all night with you. <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I think you know, I do. I see what CB's saying there. I think the thing is, we've had too many times this season. It's not just Luton. There's, there's, there's other examples where opposition teams have came out second half and they've come at us. And as soon as somebody comes at us, we've not got a chance. It's, we, we crumble and we, we just we collapse. And I think the difference in the Cardiff game or even the Blackburn game um, most recently is Blackburn didn't come out second half. Had they came out second yeah. half, there's every chance we would have lost that game. But, but yeah. Their confidence is shot to shit. Yeah, it? yeah, absolutely. It's just it's we don't. It takes nothing for us to to crumble purely based on Blackburn. If we look quite good up to us scoring, then okay, it was a good time for us to get a goal. We were just before half time, but second half, I don't think they bother coming out of the changing room, which is and, just and, as well because we weren't we weren't all special second half. Every team that's murdered us this season, it's been in the second half. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Maybe we'll get the the the, the stats from from Peter at some point, but. How many games have we lost in the second half? Oh. We were talking before the pod since we were third in the league last season. Mm. Our and I remember Steve putting on our WhatsApp group last night. We got into the last few minutes. I think we played four or five minutes um, injury time yesterday. And we got to about ninety-seven, and Steve put, "Here we go." Yeah, and and, he, and I just thought, and I put the witching hour because that's what me and my friends call it because it mm-hmm. is literally from. 97 minutes. So, so when we were drawing against, uh, winning against Bristol, I said to Ethan, we were, we were, we were driving um, somewhere in the car 
And Ethan said, oh, it's 97 minutes, Dad. And I went, there's still time to lose 2-1 yet. And, and that's the mindset. That's the yeah. mindset. And then it will one all. Yep. And yeah. that's what's happened. There's There's been... If anybody else works with these in their in their work, you have something called critical control points. So when something goes wrong, the first thing uh, to try and stop that, then the second to try and stop that. So the first thing to go wrong with threat with relegation, and like Dave said, in those last few games, we beat Cardiff, which is absolute flash in the pan. Then we were up against Rotherham. That critical control point were blue in the 97th minute. And yeah. then uh, before that, there was Luton. And then after that, there was the, the equaliser at Bristol City, Whatever glimmer of hope we had, for me, died at that that equaliser against Bristol City. But you're right, Steve. I think I think the Luton one specifically really really hurt me. Now, um, Ash, come on, man. You're you're normally the voice of joy, aren't you? Blow the bollocks, bollocks in it. <laughs> I just I'm I'm very much of what Simon said. I'm not. Oh, I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm not. I'm really not interested. We we talk about it on the WhatsApp. We do the games. We chat, and I'm just not interested. Exactly the same. Um, you get a goal, you know another one's coming against us. Uh, uh, the players, they're just. I've seen in the last week, but obviously we've we've won a game, so every every everything's up. Up, everyone's saying, "Yeah, we can do it. Can we do it?" And all this, it's it's false hope. I'm with Steve. I'm with Steve. It's it's too little, too late. Ash, the reality the reality is, we could win every single game six 0 and still go down. Yeah, day, very much so. We're, we're we're looking at Derby. The only the the, the 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 one hope I've got this year, and I'll say it now, living in Waverley, I sincerely hope that Derby go down and Rotherham stay up. I really do, because yeah. uh, because the way that clubs run. Um, to, to an extent, Derby County was a blueprint for Chan Series get rich quick schemes. It was a blueprint for him papering over the cracks, and we've He's done worse than them. Morris into a, an absolute shite hole. Um, Alonso's looking at going in there, isn't he? But from my yeah, 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 like everything, you know, I know they're, 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 they're not so noisy neighbors next door, but if, if Rotherham stay up this year with the manager that they've got, Matic played last night for them. Yeah. Still, is it still there? Jesus Christ, is he not there? If they're putting teams like that out, good luck to Richard Wood, good luck to Matt, bloody hell, good luck to George Hurst at the end of the day. He's, he's yeah. not going to score a goal. But if they get together and stay up with that little club mentality that they've done and they've, they've galvanised themselves, fair play to them. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I actually can't agree with you, Steve. So let, let's get on to staying up and, and, and the prospects that we've got. Now, there, there is a part of me that's... It's not, Dan, Dan, there's not a big enough blue pill in the world for us to stay up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's, there's, there's the name of the show there, Ash. But let's, <laughs> let's, um, let's, let's, let's talk about it. But now, there talk is a part it, of me... Anyway. There, there is a part of me that's not happy because that's ridiculous. That's part of like, I bloody told you so. The fact that we are now in that six point gap out of relegation. I would like, if we go down, I very much want it to be by five points and, and less because we can then go to our chairman. That's your fault. You did it wrong. You got us relegated. Do you know what I mean? Because bear in mind, Dave, come on, back me up here. If, 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 if it's the start of the season and you've got a 12-point deficit, that's affected our season because how many players are going to go, Sheffield Wednesday with a 12-point deduction? Yeah, I'll go there. Crackheads, mm-hmm. that's who. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you who's going to come. Izzy Brown, Jack Marriott, and Elias Kachunga. Right? <laughs> and, and Dan, no, the, the transfer, and I'm, I swear I'll stand by this, a lot of fans said we did cracking business where we were. Absolutely happy with the signings. They've been dog shit, haven't they? Mm. Absolute awful. But, and there's been lots of them say, oh, I'm so happy with that. Oh, we've done well. We've got these players. We've got that player. They've been awful. Absolutely. At the start of the season, and thing, it was like, oh, I'm so happy. This, we've got some good players in. Nah. I'll tell you what, actually, Steve, than- Steve, me and you were, were bang on the Izzy Brown bus, weren't we? <laughs> Simon, get us out quick. I agree with you to some point, but I also think that our established players that we've got have been shit as well. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Absolutely Adam, no doubt. Adam Reach has been shocking. Uh-huh. I think uh, Tom Lees has been shocking. Julian Borner. I mean, all right, he's popped up with a couple of goals, but been awful. I think Palmer's been poor. I think. I think if we looked, I mean, uh, uh, Steve's just pulled his angry face at you there, Simon. No, 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 that's poor. his mate. Oh, you can't disagree with me there. You can't disagree with me there. You know, I, I think that that we've we've seen some some amounts of positivity from some players. I mean, we, we were talking a while ago about um, Liam Shaw and him going going to Celtic and stuff like that. Like he, after two well, decent been, games, every time he's played since, I think he's had two good games and he's been he's garbage since. Been absolute dog shit as well. Yeah, you know, awful. We've got, We've got, He's done well, fair play. I cannot, I cannot actually name Bannon. Ben's not here. Sorry, Ben. Bannon's been shit, right? I agree there. You know, yeah. you know he's, 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 we've had keepers who've just gone just inept. I mean, there was, was it the QPR game where, yeah. where Wildsmith let the goal in and then. He, he forgot he could use his hands, didn't he? Yeah, that's the problem. And then, and then as a goalkeeper, that's a fundamental error. Wasn't that you could hear Bannon go. That's fucking shake. I mean, you know, we can't pick a single player this season who, to me, right. has, has stood out. And it's not that I agree with the new signings. I think up oh, two. Go on. Go on, Steve. Go on, Steve. I offer. Is he the new off of it? He stood out on his Instagram when he when he's played. I, I, I've got yeah, there's no yeah. I think um, I think there's no arguments there, Steve. He's quality. Yeah, you could make the same yeah. argument about Luongo, though, couldn't you? He's great when he plays, but he's made out of biscuits, so he never plays. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a difference between oh, I'm going to play two games, miss two games, play two games, miss two games for a period of time, and then have how much time off? You, you can't you can't legislate for tearing an Achilles. No, no. Let, let me chuck yeah. one in for you. Let me chuck one in for you. Jordan Rhodes. I think, I don't think, I think it's harsh to say that Jordan Rhodes has had a shit season. No, I, no, no, no. I think That's... he's had an extended run in the team. And he's got more goals in a season than he's ever got for us before because mm. we've now surrounded, we've put a manager in at D- Darren Moore who creates more attacking opportunities as opposed to hoofball from Pulis and whatever the hell Gary Monk was trying to achieve. It'd be nice to have seen him in a team where other players around him are actually performing. I agree with you. I agree with you. If we just, if, if they'd have stuck him in Brentford on their XG philosophy, yeah, XG, um, I, I reckon he'd have he'd have had a he'd have had a decent season. And, and I think that Jordan Rowe, and I think our players, you know, you, you're right. Barry Bannon's had an average season, and and I think you know, two of the reasons of that is Barry Bannon should play for me as an attacking midfielder centre. Who for those who play uh, football manager, or if you're <laughs> under the age of 25, uh, number 10. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. behind a striker, because what he keeps doing is dropping deep to try and be a deep line playmaker, and he keeps separating our defence. And I swear to, I'm sorry, Barry, you are five foot four. You're not going to, you're not, you're not going to win an header on the back beans on toast, pal. You know what I mean? Get up front and start spreading those balls, and let Joey Pelopesi do the work that he's there to do and be your enforcer. Um, you know, but then you add um, Tony Pulis kicking it over his head. You know, and but Darren Moore seems to, I seem to. The, the amount of opportunities we get now, we're getting the best out of Josh Windass, who seems to be having a decent run of form under Darren Moore. Barry Bannon is utilised properly, and Jordan Rhodes is being utilised properly because he's playing. And, you know, long gone are the days of hoof it to Callum Patterson and see if he'll score a dreadful goal against Bournemouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, what what do you reckon, Steve? Uh, Simon, does he does he fall into your uh, into your list? What, what's your opinion on Rhodes? I know this will sound controversial, but I always thought and it might be the optimist in me that i've always thought that he we've made him shit he hasn't made himself shit his his career prior to us after blackburn has been very sketchy hasn't it it sketchy at borough wasn't it and and i mean i've always i've always joked about the fact that steve gibson said we overvalued our stadium when when we when Chan Siri bought it, and I always say, yeah, and you fucking over overvalued Jordan Rhodes, and we paid for it. You know? <laughs> I, I've I've I, I've always thought he, he doesn't turn to a shit player overnight, and and I have felt that he was foisted upon Carlos, and Carlos didn't really want him, um, and, and and he was played in and and not taking the penalty in the in the in the playoff semi final wasn't the best thing he could have ever done. In, at Hillsborough and, and, and not taking that has never adhered into fans 
And then after that, it was bit part. And I actually agree with you. I, I, I'm with Steve in regards to Darren Moore. I think I think he's a sh- the only shining light I think we've got this season is our manager. I really do think he is the future if he gets the support. Actually, you're disagreeing. Nah, bollocks. Are you not, you're not, are you not having big not DM? Having no, not, not. Honestly. No? Nah. Nah, I think he's going to get found out. Definitely. In, in, in what respect? Yeah. You, you feel like because he's such a big personality, he's kind of got that short-term bounce from the players and his tactical awareness isn't moulded enough? Or well, no, you... no, I know, I know it, it, it's, it's not his fault. He's not been there for, and we're wishing the best. And his thing is, it's not that. It's just not, I, I've not seen enough of it. I thought, not the new manager bounce or anything. I just, I thought that we'd get more from him. I thought there'd be more urgency, more... And I think he's brought in with a League One mentality, knowing that we're going down. I, I think I there's, think there's definitely the a... I don't think he was the man to keep us up. I think he's been brought in for League One. Steve and I yes. talked about this the other week. The person who was brought in to try and keep us up was Tony Pulis, right? Tony Pulis was brought in because he sold himself on the fact he'd never been relegated before and he'd done this and done that. And that completely bombed. That completely bombed, yeah. and we um, we anti Pulist and got rid of him because he just he, he couldn't. There was no new manager bounce. I think he won one game against Coventry, and that was it. Yeah. So I agree. Darren Moore, I think, was brought in with League One in mind. Yeah. I think he was brought in with League One in mind. Is where the future goes, but and again, well, the Steve, future should have been championship, shouldn't it? He's creating a he's creating a, a playing mentality in the side, which is starting to get the best out of some players. So as as Dan alluded yeah, to, Jordan Rhodes scoring. Well, you've seen, you've seen, you've seen how many players are out of contract. How can he get that with going to be a totally different squad next year? You're I don't, always... I don't understand that. I don't understand bringing someone in for next year when you're not going to have the playing staff. But, but we were always going to have that, weren't we, Ash? We were always. He should have brought. Have the... so, I think he should have brought someone in that wasn't for League One that was going to try at least, to keep us up. I don't think Darren Moore was brought would, in to keep us up. Would he, who, who would that have been? And I ain't going to scoop it in, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also as well, with the players we've got, you're exactly right, we're playing with a hand of cards here where we've got, and it was similar, wasn't it, last season towards the end when we got players who decided they weren't going to play those last five, six games, was that all the contracts were running out. So you'll have players there who will have or have been tapped up by other teams or have ideas of other teams they're going to because they know they're not going to get the same wages at Wednesday. Um, and 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 who will whoever comes in, they will not play for them because at the end of the day, they've got their eye on the fact that they're not going to be there at the end of the season because the Listen. days of earning 45 grand a week at Sheffield Wednesday have gone. They are. They are. Now, Steve, that's like enough your mate Darren Moore. Come on, pal. I'm not. Um I, I, I think you've got to see, you've got to see the bigger picture. I um, you've asked Ash who we would have brought in, and Ash has gone. He doesn't know. Um, it's not his job, though. I mean, it's an easy question to ask, though, isn't it? You know, yeah, who would cool. you get in then? I never heard of Carlos Cavalli, and they took us to yeah, bloody Wembley. Like, look, no one would have said Darren Moore either, would they? That come out of the blue. No, I think I think the 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 the, the groundswell of sort of positive vibes towards Darren Moore uh, uh, are endemic of the fact that we've had Pulis in there, and he was crap. We've had Monk in there and he didn't sort of turn any heads. We've had um, Lukai before him, you know. So we've not really had a, a sort of a favourite, a fan's favourite as a manager for, for so long. And we can, from my point of view, I think, I don't know if, if the reasons why he was brought in. I don't think anybody does. I, I don't think Chancery, if, if, if we sat Chancery down now and said, have you brought him in to keep us up or to consolidate in League One or to, to, to prepare us for, you know, a return to the Championship? I don't think Chan Siri can answer that question for yeah. you. I, I, I really don't. I don't think he knows. Um, what I would say is under under Moore, I've seen a change in the style of play. Um, you know, whether whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, whether we, we agree with him trying to play out from the back with the players that we've got, whether we agree with um, the, the, the way that he's setting up. Um, it is better to watch. I'm not saying it's great football, but it's better to watch than it was under Pulis. It is. Um, I think. Absolutely. I, I would argue. Uh, he's, a, yeah, he's only won two more games than Pulis. Uh, he's right. won three in 11. Listen, 
Um, the, the 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 club is in an absolute state. It's it's it's. I'm, I'm loath to use really negative terms like cancer, but it's you know the club is toxic. It's a mess, and if 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 more slows down that descent, even in in the face of relegation, and I I just personally feel that he is. Even if we do go down, um, I will get behind Darren Moore next year. Um, you know, I think he's he's doing. How many game. games? How many games will he give him next year in League One? Oh, he'll get till November at least, won't he? Surely. I can't answer that question now because I don't know what our squad's going to look like in League One. No. I don't know. Gonna get, we don't it's, know. it's going to be full of uh, James Coppinger. Listen, lads, listen, lads. <laughs> let me hit you with some stats. Uh, so our mate Pete Lohman's been on. And today he released some statistics about how the uh, manager's fared up against himself number-wise, right? Now, I found these really interesting. Now, obviously, I'm not reading it. Obviously, as you uh, take a look, uh, XG, expected goals, Darren Moore's winning. Uh, expected points from expected goals, Darren Moore's winning. Goals conceded, Darren Moore is winning. Uh, goals scored, Darren Moore um now, this is interesting. So expected points from non-shots, uh, we're the lowest. So I, I assume that's like dead ball situations. Um, and got expected goals against, Darren Moore is the lowest. So he, he, he's winning. So a, a lot of these statistics, have a look on Pete Lohman's Twitter. A lot of these statistics sort of say that we're a, we're a bigger goal threat going forward, but we're also a bit leaky at the back as well. Um, it's it, been since, again... Boxing Day when we were third in the league. Yeah, you know, but I, the rot started then. Yeah, it you know, did. I mean, I mean, well, we were, and we stuck with Gary Monk when we shunted him. I, I went. Point. I went to Bruges that night when we beat when we beat whoever we played that day. I can't Bristol remember. One nil by Bannon. Bristol City yeah, penalty. Bristol City. So that evening we got on a ferry and went to Bruges for a weekend. Christmas market. This sat in the other. Wore my Wednesday shirt. Stoke Boxing Day. That was when it started. Mm -hmm. losing, conceding games, conceding goals in the last minute. And that mentality with the same back, pretty much the same back four and midfield as we've got now. Lost it, said. Has carried it on all the way to today. Okay. And if, think, and, and if you think about the fact that we've actually, in between that, released Hutchinson because he wasn't good enough or wasn't didn't fit into expectations and then brought him back, what does that say about where we are at the moment in time? I who, think who, I, who, like, who released his touch? Was that a month decision or was it a chance area decision? God knows. What mate. Hutchinson? Yeah. Well, I, I reckon it's it's got to have something to do with the with the fallout that Hutchinson and both Westwood and Hutchinson have had with the with the gaffers. I think it's got a lot to do with that. For the chairman to allow him to come back makes me feel that it that it was Monk and Lukai who had a fallout with them because they couldn't manage them as people. We need a chairman. Yeah. Because the chairman is not known, is it, for like uh... talking to the players. Well, yeah, I think if it's his way, it's the highway. And if he made the decision for him to leave, he ain't coming back. I work in a company and you're never going to work. I work in a company of 108 employees and you're never going to get 108 employees that get on with each other, managers that get on with each other, right? And I have a manager... We can't get five people together to, to agree, to be yeah, fair, so. <laughs> ...who will take our works manager and our contracts manager and will say to you, I know you can't stand each other, but you've got to work together for the good of the company. Right. Because if you do not work together for the good of company, we will lose money and we will go bust. Right. And and we've got a chairman here who, who is is in a way letting the bloody tail wag the dog. Right. So so if you can't get on a play, there's always going to be personalities in that in that changing room, isn't there? And if you've got somebody who can't deal with those personalities, you've got to bring them together and say, fuck it. You're a good midfielder and you're a good manager. Sort it out. Get on that pitch and sort it. Oh, so you're going with the uh, the 80s parenting method of smashing the bloody heads together. <laughs> bloody molly coddling the egos and just at the end of the day, there's bigger things here. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Ash, now, there was uh, that was a good segue, actually, actually, Simon. So, Ash, uh, speaking of the chairman and interacting with the chairman, there were some notes released from your, uh, from your new friends group that you've got, your other mates. <laughs> Group. Tell, tell us about tell, remind it's the guys. Like we, it's not like we get around for a cup of tea and stuff and cake and things. Well, you're all messaging each other, aren't you? Like we got Roland Nilsson from him, didn't we? 
<laughs> yeah, big up to Simon. Thank you for that, Simon. Yeah. For me. <laughs> so go on, so go on Ash. Tell, tell us about what the what the forum is, and then tell us about what came out of it. Give us the give us the headlines. Well, yeah, we we yeah, the supporters um, engagement panel. I think the, the technical term is met the second time with the chairman. Um, went through some pertinent points. I think that's been brought up many times on everyone's podcast between supporters and things regarding. Tickets, ticket prices, um, refunds. The actual, which is which, the structure or the upper structure, should we call it, of the club? Mm-hmm. So basically, what we've said before, where where you've got a chairman and the lack of CEO, uh, director of football, and the the thoughts of of the engagement panel is is that we need or we would like to see that sort of person or persons in them sort of positions. Because um, I think it was said that when when we asked the chairman to tell us the senior leadership team, um, he came out with the chef and, like, the under-23 manager. And, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, was, it wasn't... There's if no I middle asked, management. It's literally Chancery and the exactly. geezer who writes the rotors for the pie shop. That's right. Yeah, you've got you've got Chancery, who's obviously the big wig, um, and it was like middle management, should we call it? Yeah, senior leadership. You wouldn't have expected the chef and under twenty three. You you would have hoped for uh, CEO, CEO, if that's director of football, things like that. So. The, the questions were asked, and we're, it's it's. I feel it's it's really good. We it's going to take a bit of time, honestly. There's not going to be massive changes straight away. I, I think it's we're, we're wanting to get the the trust and the support of the club because you know what it's like. There's there's uh, twenty of us on the panel. I think uh, all in all, we've all got our own thoughts. We're all passionate Sheffield Wednesday supporters. We've all got what we we all, and there is a lot of us that represent big groups. So not just like individuals, we, we represent quite a few people. So there's the thoughts of everyone, um, and like I say, it's it, it's going to take some time to to implement any thought, any thoughts, any suggestions, anything that we want to see. And I know so what it's, I, I know. It's a bit of a while away, is it? But do do you believe that the chairman's listening? Um, yeah, I do. I do believe, and obviously, being firsthand listening to him talk and and everything, I, I do. I do get the impression that he wants to. He wants to listen. He wants to. But Willie, I don't know. I, d- I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, he's in probably the worst situation that he never thought he wanted to be in. Obviously, staring relegation. Oh, that's got, his fucking fault. I've got, oh, I've got no sympathy for him. To be fair on it, that and he's not called me to host a Sheffield Wednesday podcast endorsed by the club. So you know, fuck him, like you know what I mean. <laughs> but, I don't think we'll ever get that done. But listen, Ash, can you make sure that if you know that you ask that and say, listen, fudge is available. Uh, you know, you know, give, give my phone number and just say, hello. You know, if you if you just want to ring up, and shoot the shit, and go, all right, fudge, how's it going? You know what I mean? I'll well, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to him, like you know. What so I mean? Saying that, you 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 might be able to uh, do a shout out for Simon. Uh, he, he wants a shout out, so I said I'll get Dan to do it for you. He went only if he'll do it in a Cockney accent. A Cockney yeah. accent. Yeah. All right, okay. Cockney. Oh. A Cockney. Uh, Simon, who was that? The guy who sorted out uh, Robin? Of course, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Simon, me old cocker sparrel. Uh, thank you very much, Corblimey Governor. Uh, proper appreciate you getting the geyser on. It was proper dope, you know what I mean? And all this 10 years since John Sullivan died. God bless his soul. He used to write only fools and ulcers, didn't he? Um, all right, cheers, Simon. Uh, now, there was a really interesting point, and Dave, I wanted to get your opinion on this because I, I found this interesting. Now, a few of the expat owls, Ash, what was yeah. their, they had a point, didn't they? They had a pertinent point. There was no engagement with them? Yeah, so uh, Paddy from Owls uh, Americas, um, he's he's part of it, and I think I think he's got a valid, very valid point. I think um, in the past, all these supporter 
panels or groups and things. I've been very Sheffield centric, very much that any supporter in Sheffield has been invited because it's been at the club. It's been easy for Sheffield uh, owls to get there. Um, and because obviously there's been, he's been invited, he's been on a couple of the, the meetings and things. It is, he's, he's hoping to get more out of um, the engagement and the, the awareness for the club to say, actually, we're not just South Yorkshire. We're not just England. There are, Plenty of, especially over in America, I think they've got like 300 plus uh, members of their group. Um, there is supporters all over that obviously can't get to games. Well, this is, what, this is what I wanted to ask you, Dave. Do you, Is there anything you'd like to see to, to, to try and engage yourself a little bit more? I mean, it seems like Pally's asking the right questions, right? I think it's a fair point. Um, I think the difficulty is really... is trying to pitch, trying to sell the idea of us being too big. There is, there is Wednesday fans that have gone all over the world but I think the, the largest thing most will have in common and I appreciate this this folk on the the, the Owls Americas that, that are slightly different but people like Paddy they're expats that have gone elsewhere with jobs or with the families or what have you so their background and their history is 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 Wednesday they've they've grown up in the area or the family has or whatever whatever and that's that's where you've got your your love for the club. I have I've grew up in Peniston and and I've gone to Wednesday matches and I've and I moved up to Scotland, so I've brought that with me. And and when I go back home uh, to see family, I try to make I try to go to matches. But what I don't think we have, and it's interesting when we spoke about this uh, this Super League at the, the beginning of the show, those big clubs in this in the sort of European Super League are looking to create fan bases organically from people who have never been anywhere near uh, Sheffield in this case, but Manchester or where 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 uh, wherever you are. I don't think we have that global appeal as in. Folk who have never been anywhere near Hillsborough are picking Wednesday uh, as their club. So I think for me anyway, um, I think the onus is on me to go look for the content and to look to do things with the club because the club's still in Sheffield. Um, I don't expect Wednesday to come and reach out. There's a handful of Wednesday fans up in Scotland, of course, but I don't expect uh, any any time and effort to be made to, for the club to reach out to me personally because I, do, I just don't think it's worth the club's while. I think that comes from those success on the pitch. You look at these clubs with this big international following, they're, they're successful clubs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, that, what I, saying, I, so the club can't put the cart before the horse. I think what you're right in what you say. If you create a product that's going to get appeal, then you can then expect the club then to reach out to, to people all over the world. What you can't do is have, this, have an infrastructure for an international fan base for a team playing in League One. No, I, I I completely agree, and I think I think that's where we're we're going to get hit as a club in that overseas market. Um, now, uh, so that was the notes from the fans forum. Appreciate that, Ash. Thank you for uh, thank you, new friends for me, and thanks thanks a lot for saying again. Are new friends. I love that you've got a little group chat. I, what I want to know is is DC in your group chat? Uh, you know, are you sending him nudes? <laughs> I hope not. Right. Well. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. I think I think we all know that the sort of things that get sent on WhatsApp amongst everybody, there's probably like zero point zero zero one percent of the stuff that I would like to send to Chancey. That was that was very diplomatic of you, actually. Well done. Uh, okay. And you like nudes and stuff like that. Oh. It's all it's all Vic's Tinder matches. To be fair, they get sent up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, she'll she'll be she'll go mad at me for saying Tinder matches. Tinder suggestions. Um, okay, <laughs> Steve, now you've got a lot going on and I'm going to use this platform in order to to advertise it. It is quite Wednesday-centric. So can you, uh, I'm going to give you the platform now, sir. Tell us what's going on. And don't forget the major Chris Waddle. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Ash. Uh, Dan, even. Mm -hmm. um, on the 29th of May, I will be stepping out for a, a with a group of Sheffield Day legend in a football game at the Keepmote. Um, it is for a cancer charity that is based in Doncaster, a, a local cancer base, a cancer charity based in Doncaster called Eve and Dreams Trust. Um, effectively, they look to support um, families and people within the community um, that have been struck by uh, cancer and affected by cancer. A really, really good group of guys. I've been working with them for sort of five, six years now um, and have been 
blessed and fortunate enough to be able to to play a few games of football. Um, in the last couple of years, they've done a Doncaster Legends versus Leeds United Legends, and um, I've been fortunate enough to share the football pitch with people like Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, Ian Hart, Danny Mills, uh, Donny Donny Legends such as Coppinger, um, and Neil Sullivan. For you know, just off the top of my head, this year. Um, I'm lucky enough to be able to try and raise a bit of money for the for the charity by representing Sheffield Wednesday. Um, over the course of the next sort of few days, weeks, and um, going into the game, um, I'm going to be um, trying to do my my little bit by selling tickets and raise that money so that I can hopefully step out amongst some Sheffield Wednesday legends. As it stands at the moment, we have announced Marcus Tuggay, um and we have announced um, somebody called Chris Waddle. Who will be oh, what? never heard of him. Is he, was he any good? He's he's all right. He's all right. Yeah. I, I think he's played a bit. He's been about. Um, yeah. He's probably still better than me at the age. He'd get it. He'd get a game now for Wednesday. Yeah, the, pre- <laughs> the, the the premise behind it is if we can sell a little bit of tickets. It's 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 one that was cancelled because of the, the the pandemic from last year. And they are accepting crowds back into the keep out on the 29th, and tickets are on sale. Um, I think the easiest thing to do is probably share that uh, those yeah, links we'll, on, on on our socials. We'll you know, do that. Contact details. The tickets went live yesterday um, via the Donny Rovers sort of uh, the, the club website. But any and all support would be gratefully received for that charity. They are a fantastic group of people. Uh, quick shout out to uh, Martin Lawrence, who is the the founder um, and the the, the organizer of the of the charity. He does legwork left, right, and centre year in year out to put on an occasion like this. So that humble members of society such as myself can step out in a football strip um, wearing an owl this year and wearing the uh, the crest of the clubs that they've supported over um, you know the course of their lives. Um, so a big shout out to Martin. Um, hopefully you'll appreciate that. Um, if you can support in any way, shape, or form, um, I'll share a link on my Twitter. I'll pin that at the top. Even every every penny counts really. Uh, the more money that I can raise will. Um, allow me to to be more likely to be starting the game as it stands tonight. I'm up to around about £896, wow. um, which is all going to go to a really good cause. Um, so please, if you can, find a penny down the back of uh, the, the sofa, that'd be great. Cheers, Steve. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. that, mate. You never know. You might be able to uh, meet one of, your, uh, one of the podcasters. You never know, do you, Steve? <laughs> and we are in talks to potentially do a little bit of podcasting. Um, and the uh, and obviously the more money you donate, ladies and gentlemen, the more clothes Ash will be wearing on the day. So no, the least uh, clothes. You actually might get two podcasters as well as the one on the pitch. Uh, you know, I, me and Dave live miles away, so we're not even going to get spat on that day. So that's what it is. One, of, um, one of three. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Steve, what date was that? And it's at Doncaster Chemo Stadium. What date do you say? May? 29th of May. 29th, 29th of May. Um, 29th of May. Tickets are on sale. In terms of social distancing, just a, um, and obviously COVID restrictions, they are selling tickets in bundles of six. Price of the tickets, £6 for an adult, £3 for kids. If you want to bring the family along, it's two adults and two children per family ticket uh, for a wonderful price of £12. Um, having played in those games for the last sort of five, six years, they are fantastic occasions, mm-hmm. absolutely top-notch. As I said, the, the the money that goes to the charity and the people that are involved and the fundraisers as well as the legends at play are absolutely top, 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 top guys. Just asking for a friend, do they sell refreshments? They may sell some refreshments on the day. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, like you say, £6 for an adult. Uh, you know, Dave, I'm going to make you fall over in your, in, in your table now. I pay that for a beer down in Brighton. So, uh, <laughs> Anna, in it, in it. So, for the price you of a beer... Us. Half a packet of fags, you know, go and watch Chris Waddle in a Wednesday shirt. That, that's what it's like. So, listen, thanks a lot to you guys for joining me this evening. Thanks a lot to Michael Constantine Wealth Management. I had to write that down if you saw my eyes swing to the side there. Michael Constantine Wealth Management, who uh, who sponsors this nonsense. Thanks to Ash and his new mates who get us our guests. Thanks a lot. Steve, good luck with your, uh, with your thing. Dave, Simon, I will see you next time. Thanks a lot for joining us. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Back of the net. Le Bosch. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.